Hello and welcome to the Point Escape Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Thursday, February 15th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Uh, DJ, pop quiz, how many days until the NBA All-Star break? Who cares? I don't know. Four, five? I don't know. <laughs> One. The NBA All-Star break starts oh. on Friday. DJ, pop quiz, what does Friday's NHL slate look like? One game, I do know that. That I know. It's Arizona <laughs> Pittsburgh or something. Is it Arizona Pittsburgh? I think Carolina. It's Arizona. I well, Carolina. Carolina. Yep. Yep. As I reached down for my phone, yeah, uh, I did see that and laugh because I was. I have a friend coming to town, and I was like, "I hope there's not a big slate on Friday." And I just, nope. Like I didn't realize that was NBA All Star Break too, but that makes sense. Um, yeah. No, it's it's great. I mean, that's just. Absolutely. I mean, you know, because all we like, you know, we don't really know the reason, but a big complaint is always that the NHL has no games on Friday night. Like, why aren't they marketing the game on Friday night? Seems like a good fit. And that's kind of felt like the NBA was the reason that they don't. Um, But the, you know, I mean, the, the NHL is the league of foresight, seeing into the future. They just are always doing things five steps, 10 steps ahead, seeing in the fourth dimension. Uh, So it makes a lot of sense that they read, you know, they looked ahead. They saw the NBA was on all-star break and they're like, you know, let's give everyone a night off. You know, let's make sure everyone can enjoy not watching any sports. Um, why would we want to capitalize on a Friday night? So that's, you know, really good on them. Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just be on the lookout. There's going to be juice up contests. You would imagine um, even for Friday showdown slate, hopefully, uh, maybe not. Um, but also uh, Monday is a weird day um obviously we, we might do something on saturday you know who knows um i'm not not going to commit to anything but mm-hmm. just as far as the upcoming i week, i, I know, am uh, not committing at all because i will cool. be leaving at like 10 a.m to go to bond adventure so if you want to do something uh, on saturday right. you can feel free but i'll probably be essentially mia yeah we're leaving early we now will because see. everyone wants to go get a burger to all my bond adventure okay. alumni yeah. listening all one of you do you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, just as just as far as the upcoming week, obviously, stay tuned to the discord. Um, there should be larger contests than usual. Uh, we have Monday, a 111 contest that looks pretty big. I don't know what the slate will look like. Uh, there's games at 1230, 1-1-2-3-30-4-4-4-7-7. So I don't know if it's going to be for the two game seven o'clock slate or what, but there is a seemingly large uh, 111 on Monday that we'll obviously have no podcast for. And then we will reconvene for Tuesday's uh, Big Kahuna, the uh, 555 with 200K to first place. You know, just an unbelievably large contest. Um, so we'll be back for that. But just in the meantime, you know, stay tuned because there should be good contests in the lobby. This is obviously the right week to get hot. So if you're going to, I don't know, sacrifice any goats or, um, you know, rub any rabbit's feet or whatever you do for good luck, um, now would be a good time to do that. And uh, as, as you look on screen, I will also be doing those same things uh, as we go through this pod. So anyway, just wanted to get that out of the way. Don't expect anything official from us until Tuesday. But make sure in the Morningscape Pod Discord, if you want to get in there, DM either DJ or myself, and we can get you hooked up with the link and whatever else. You know, it's all free. So anyway, we are here to talk about a 12-game Thursday slate. Um, Yes, that's right. You know, you got to play everyone on Thursday when the NBA is still on so that on Friday when the NBA is off, we can can all relax and, you know, watch Counter-Strike or whatever. Um, So, yeah, uh, DJ, anything about Tuesday you want to discuss or, you know, kind of feel like it was equally shitty for, for us here? Yeah, I mean, I 
pivoted wrong, but I don't even think what I built regardless was getting anywhere close. Um, I, I said when I started the podcast on Tuesday, that one thing I wasn't coming off of was Edmonton and I completely came off of Edmonton. So once that pivot <laughs> was made, I was dust in the wind. It didn't really matter. I ended up going on the Toronto news. I felt like that was just the right way to building. Uh, and I went four man Toronto and Austin Matthews took the night off along with all of his sick friends. Uh, they basically all didn't play. So uh, whatever, you know, yeah. you live and you learn. Uh, I should have stuck to my guns, but you know what? Uh, no one knew that um, uh, McDavid was going to just yeah do do the McDavid thing like that. Five assists? Yeah, all my mistakes. Six assists? What was so, it? Uh, he had six assists, yeah. Um, but, I mean, all my mistakes felt a bit better because I was never playing Montreal. So, like, once they were a had to have it. Now, obviously, you didn't have to have it if you played the right, uh, right McDavid stuff. Um, but just the fact that their money line literally went from like minus 150 the night before, and we were talking about how no one seemed to project the main guys for Anaheim in McTavish and uh, Minchikov and uh, Max Jones, and like all these guys are coming in reinforcements, and they came out and laid the stinkiest of eggs. I mean, it was just an unbelievable poor performance. Um, but they were closed at like I think plus 100 or plus 102 or something like that. So they basically, you know, closed the line against uh, Montreal by like 30 points and it didn't matter. The field jammed it and they smashed. So um, that is what it is. And so that's why I don't really feel too bad about, you know, just saying, look, uh, I got everything wrong and uh, let's move on. So we got 12 games here on Thursday. Uh, DJ, do you want to quickly walk us through what we are looking at? Yeah. So start. Starting off, we have Seattle at Boston. It's five and a half, dead pick them, 110, 110. Um, Boston, pretty big favorites, minus 198. Seattle's been on the road for a while. They got the win on Tuesday against um, New Jersey, or I think it was New Jersey, right? Uh, the Islanders? No, not New Jersey. They played the Islanders. The Islanders. I was going to say no, because New Jersey was in a good. Yeah. Um, Montreal, as you already mentioned, uh, world beating is at plus 215 at the Rangers, six over under. Florida Panthers on a road back-to-back go to Buffalo to beat the – I just don't even want to talk about the Sabres, but they have to – they are favored. Minus 148 at the Sabres. It's a six-and-a-half over-under. If you want to play the Stanley Cup champion Sabres, um, go right ahead. L.A. is at the New Jersey Devils. A lot of fun in that one. Five and a half, six and a half over-under, six-and-a-half. I do like that over right now. That's probably my favorite uh, game on the slate for overs. It's at minus 125 for the Devils. And we have Victor Arvidsson, I think, back. But we're going to get to that. The Anaheim Ducks, who took a giant dookie, as we mentioned, are plus 160 to the minus 192 Ottawa Senators. Ottawa, red hot. It's a six-and-a-half minus 130. Um, not the biggest uh, over on the slate as far as minus 136 and a half, but pretty close. The Sean Couturier captained Philadelphia Flyers will go to Toronto plus 140 right now. I'm kind of considering that because Toronto has a lot of guys sick. There's concern that it could be mono. It also could be nothing, but that line could move a lot. I probably don't have the guts. I might just not do it at all. Um, but... <clears throat> Keep an eye definitely on that game in, in many capacities. Next, Colorado at Tampa. I'm just totally reading off the sports book now, but I think we're pretty close. Uh, Colorado at Tampa. It's a basically a pick em in Tampa. Six and a half minus 135. Seemed pretty steep to me, honestly, but I kind of get it with the firepower of Kucherov and McKinnon in the game. Edmonton, 
the McDavid's minus 192 favorites on the road in St. Louis. Uh, six and a half. McDavid has, you know, if he goes for six points, well, I, get, I bet it goes over. <clears throat> Dallas on the road in Nashville, minus 130. It's a plus six, plus 100, six and a half. I'll be back on Thomas Harley for a point. Max Payne can't wait. Pittsburgh on a back-to-back on the road at the Chicago Blackhawks. They're minus 218. The Blackhawks are an AHL hockey team at this point. It's six and a half, minus 122. And I don't think the Blackhawks are scoring too many goals. So better bet on Pittsburgh to score if you're going on that over. The Sharks are on a back-to-back. All of the good teams are coming out. Sharks at the Flames, minus 375 on the Fighting Hyenas, the the uh, Calgary Flames. It's a five and a half at minus one twenty-five. And finally, the Detroit Red Wings, who made Connor McDavid look like Wayne Gretzky in his prime, will be at Vancouver minus one eighty on Vancouver minus one thirty on the over/under. That's all twelve games. I tried not to go too long, but man, that's a lot of hockey. That is a lot of hockey. And uh, speaking of hockey. It went away, DJ. It went away. Where is it on my screen? I had it up and it went away. I am so tilted. I had the perfect lead in and I just completely bungled that. God, that sucks. Speaking we know hockey games move. A lot of hockey. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Uh, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, and most importantly, an official sponsor of this podcast, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. DJ just ran through 12 games of action. He gave you a couple leans, so that alone will pay for itself if DJ's right. If not, you know, this is not financial advice. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Game problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please swear responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Poor Ontario, guys. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. There we go, DJ. All 12 games. We got the ad read. All that's left is to give our listeners the absolute nuts for this slate. What do you say? How do we get this thing to go away? There we go. You got it. Uh, by the way, we are live. Uh, we are live over on YouTube. Well, not live. I, I tricked you last time. We are not live. This show is up on DJ's YouTube channel. Um, if you want the minor visuals, you know, I have my Excel um, that I have my Excel up um, and then maybe I'll pull over other relevant things as we go. But um, just that's always an option, too. If you don't want to just listen on the podcast, if you are like me and you have an iPad that you can just set up as like your fourth screen uh, while you're working, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who uh, we, might forget. We, so uh, oh, go ahead. We're about what? We're about 9,800-ish followers. No, I'm kidding. We have 166 subscribers. And if we get to 1,000, I'll be giving away my autograph Rasmus for Salinen. Buffalo Sabres picture. Um, he's injured right there now. There we go. But you know what? When he gets back, that's going to be worth something. Awesome. Um, 
yeah so please do throw us a subscribe and if, even if you don't plan on watching uh, the link is in the the, the podcast description uh, it would be very helpful it would be really cool to uh you know i know there's like certain partner things and whatnot that we we can get to um and then that would be nice to you know actually make this something where it'd be like hey i want to do a quick youtube video and actually have stuff come from it you know who knows um but it would be nice to have that little bit of official designation or whatever so please even if you're just a podcast fellow and you have a youtube account just slide on in throw us a follow you don't have to watch anything just you know just get our subs anyway uh let's start things off with colorado at tampa um the highest goal pace on the night based on their previous 10 games but the underlings don't look quite as stellar um you'll see that Unlike the previous few slates, maybe it's just due to the sheer abundance of teams that are on the slate. Um, we do have a few green spots, um, primarily this LA-New Jersey game, which I'll touch on sort of what happened and why I'm a little bit reluctant there. Uh, we have Florida, we have Edmonton, we have Pittsburgh. You know, all of those teams feel about right. Um, so I don't necessarily think Colorado-Tampa gets a ton of attention, despite the recent uh, performance of basically you know, both these teams have two of the three best uh, prior 10 games goal indexes of five on five. So um, all that said, DJ, there's a lot to like here. It's very expensive. Any initial thoughts on this game? Oh, oh boy. Wait. Yeah. I, w- um, I went in. How did, how did I do yeah. the wrong order and you did the right order? That's so annoying. I, I was probably, okay. I was minorly off on the order for sure because okay. I, Started with the DraftKings order on the DK, like uh, the, the 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 daily fantasy, and then I switched by accident. Um, but regardless, let's just—I don't care which order we go in. They're all at seven o'clock. People can figure <laughs> it out. Do you, you want to go back to Seattle, Boston? Is that going to make you happy? It's it's actually going to bug me. Yeah. Um, so let me let me right, just read Seattle, Boston. That, that, I was I like. All right, you do that. I'll talk about Seattle, Boston for like one minute. I mean, it's one of the lowest totals on the entire slate, and I think that's totally justified. Um, it is actually the lowest per the sports book. Um, I mean, you're just, are you really even considering playing Seattle here? I can't imagine. So now I almost considered it for half a second when I was looking into building a Matthews McDavid team on Tuesday of like Maddie Beneers or like whatever, because you're kind of buying the absolute low and Matt Beneers, they get there at his 3,700 and now he's 3,600, but even with that being said, I, I really think that I the reason I talked myself out of it was just um, that it wasn't actually any good of a play. And trying to get yourself through. I mean, you know what? He played with McCann and Everly. I, I, I think there's at least a reason you could have played him. Uh, not really getting mixed in much on the power play one. And really with Seattle, the offense is just so driven through Vince Dunn right now. And he's not someone I'm all that interested in at 5,200. So at the end of all of this rambling, while well, you got that together, I have no interest in Seattle and and just frankly I'm not paying you. absolutely monstrous prices for Boston. Are you ready yeah, to go? Yeah, I think that's yeah, I'm 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 ready to go. I think that's about right. I mean, this game clearly is not a key target on a 10 game slate or on a 12 game slate. Um we haven't really seen anything from Seattle that makes us think that they're liable to play these up-tempo games. Um, you know, the, the games where they've had a bunch of goals uh, recently have been uh, largely against like the worst teams in the league. 
um, just scrolling through game logs, and they've been like okay. So it's not really like Boston's in a great spot. So um, Seattle's pricing is pretty whack. I mean, McCann, Bjorkstrand are just upper fives. That that's way different than earlier in the year when they were in play. Um, and then Boston too is you know very expensive. So um, you know, if anything, you would consider Pasternak, Marsh, and you know those those guys. Um, but I don't think there's a lot here to like. Um, yeah. So. Anything, any final thoughts before we head over to Florida Buffalo? No, no. I mean, the, you know, uh, keep an eye on what Boston runs, I guess. Like, no one's going to play them, right? I mean, who's playing Boston? But Pasternak always gets a little bit under. Yeah, I don't know. Um, They practiced without Pasternak, but that was just a, you know, nothing crazy. But it was Marshan, Coyle, Pasternak, and then Coyle was on the top power play. Mm -hmm. All that looks like it's going to stick. So we'll just move over to Florida and Buffalo. Yeah. Florida just finished up a, a route. Well, I mean a route, but whatever. I mean, Jari just didn't couldn't stop a beach ball um, of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they're great. You know, it was all line two, line three, line one played shut down most of the game to our chagrin, as I believe you said you played them in DFS, and I bet on Verhage to be shooting. Um, it was Verhage, yes. Reinhardt, and Barkov. I can't imagine they're going to switch off that. Line two had Nick Cousins up with, the Chuck and Bennett. I'm not all that interested there. So it's Florida one or nothing for me. And I'm hoping that people get off of it. And I think that's possible here. Um, especially with Buffalo, just absolutely. I mean, putting the boots to LA in every capacity, it doesn't even really seem like there's much of an argument on the other end. And maybe people actually are going to buy this magic. Uko Pekalukin in garbage. Um, that of course is way too little too late for those Sabres fans. Um, but I could go back to Florida one here to start and I wanted you to tell me if I'm just being biased and angry and frustrated as a Sabres fan who has sat here for 12 years, watching this team absolutely poop the bed. And then, you know, just too little, too late coming out like world beaters. Um, so am I being a poopy pants or yeah. is uh Florida actually probably a good spot in a back to back? No, I, well, I don't really think this is an environment I want to target. I I don't think that Buffalo is uh, going to be pushing to run up the score on a team like Florida. You know, if even if they're in the position to do so, like clearly this is a team that's uh, scraping for wins and they're riding a hot goalie right now in UPL. Um, so I just don't see this game turning into like, fireworks and i don't see the pricing really aligning um because you know we, we've talked about it even beyond the goaltending the Sabres offensively haven't been terrible it's that they can't score and so like yeah last game they scored a bunch but you know tage wasn't involved tage didn't do anything and like you know are you going to bet on depth buffalo guys on this 12 game slate i just i, I don't really see anything that i like a whole lot um you know we've we've been keeping an eye on zach benson and he finally scored last game, but like he's shown nothing as far as underlyings. So like, I guess as far as rate stats are concerned, um, his defensive numbers are good, but he's just not a fantasy player. And so now you're looking at guys in the four to five, you know, six K when you consider Tage and Darlene, but you're not really getting like the bargain bin guys that I think you would want if you were going to dip into a non-premium start or to a non-premium spot on this slate. Um, so all that, all that to say, Samson revenge spot, never, never mind it. Um, but I don't think I'll be full stacking here. Uh, maybe just like one offs of Reinhardt and Kitschuk would be sort of my, my lean. 
Um, yeah. Any, uh, any, I guess here's this, any defensive thoughts in Buffalo? Because we've now seen them without Owen Power. Um, Dalene wound up playing 22 minutes, but that's largely blowout driven. Um, but anyone in the, you know, there's a bunch of guys now, 3K and below. Is there anyone on the blue line for Buffalo that you would uh, go to for just a punt? Mute, unmute. Okay, sorry, I would not unmute. Okay, okay. I was trying to pull this up, and then I was trying to make it a little bit bigger for our YouTube friends. And let's try one more thing, see if this works. Does this make it? Ah, there we go. That's, That's good. Better. So last game for Buffalo, uh, Middlestad, as, you know, on with plus five. You know, I'm not saying to play Middlestad, you know, just saying that he's very, very good, getting involved, doing a lot of good things. Um, Yoki Haru actually was tethered to Dalian uh, and played power play two. I thought, yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did. So it's kind of got to be Yoki Haru. Um, I don't want to share my screen anymore. I don't think I'm going to click around too much. But the point being, I think it's got to be Yoki Haru. I'm kind of thinking that's where you were leading me to. Wanted to kind of show it too. He, like he had the run and he is, I thought he was minimum salary, but now, now I'm thinking 3,100. Okay, 3,100. He had the blocks bonus. Power play too. Not much of a rate shooter, but not, I mean, he has a seven in his game log against the Sharks. Uh, it's not like he's completely opposed, but that's the guy they gave the run to. Yeah, um, but that's pretty much where I was going to go. Um, you know, you can go to a Connor Clifton. He's your prototypical guy who probably just sucks, but because he sucks, he's going to block shots. Um, and 2,600 for what seems like a safe role in the top four um, seems cool. Um, maybe maybe it's a situation where because they were leading, Ryan Johnson just wasn't going to play. So, like, that's possibly part of it. I'm not sure, but... Um, that, that that's you know the other guy i think it's clifton and yoki haru if you need punts uh they just are not priced for what their current role is as solidified top four defensemen um you know in a spot where they should be uh, capable of hitting a blocks bonus for us let's head over to la and new jersey um i made i made reference to this uh you know when i was talking about the colorado tampa game which i bungled um but we see on the uh, rainbow or the indexes or whatever you want to call it that this game does profile quite well from an expected goal standpoint. Um, you know, and arguably it's tied with that Colorado Tampa game for goals, but that's largely uh, driven by LA giving up a touchdown to the Sabres last game. Uh, you know, it's 10 games, but clearly LA has been uh, rather unlucky in net defensively, so on and so forth. So all that to say, this game looks like a really good spot. What's driving me a little bit crazy is that this like reacted so quickly to the New Jersey game uh, in Nashville. I mean, they absolutely had a just, uh, <laughs> it was an unbelievable game against Nashville. They had 85 uh, sh- shot attempts per 60 minutes in that game. They had five <laughs> expected goals um, in that game. So like, it's just one of those things where like it's a one game thing where yes, they have Jack Hughes and they have Nico Heischer. There's some wild stat about how in like 19 games, they've lost like four of them when both those dudes are in the lineup. Um, But it's still like this team was looking terrible two games ago. And then you plug in, you know, a back-to-back set from Monday, Tuesday, and all of a sudden they're the best spot on the slate. I don't know that I buy it. I sort of am buying a bounce back from LA as well. So 
I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned with just blindly following the, the sheet here, DJ. However, um, you know, there's not a ton of, you know, green on this sheet and the expected goals pace does look high. So is there anything here we should be watching out for? Any reason to like New Jersey or LA here? Um, you know, I'll just share my screen again. It'll be fun. Um, here, just looking at last game for New Jersey, and you mentioned, I mean, there's no way they're going to go away from it. They were really, really, really dangerous offensively. Uh, Luke Hughes, I, I really do think if you're including um, Jack, especially, but, you know, Jack DeFoley, I, I throw him in at his price. He's, he's just getting the run again, and that that's all you really need to play him, in my opinion. I mean, he's a multi-point upside type guy. The rates haven't been fantastic. We, we've mentioned it every show. I could talk myself into it for sure um, as far as playing this new but I definitely agree on the other side of things with LA being a bit maybe unlucky would be the right term. Um, just this is another sheet. Again, go to Hockey Viz as well. I'm always pretty much every game I go through every single time just to see about like where players are shooting from um, and how dangerous their shot attempts were and like who was really dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so definitely check all this stuff out if you're on the YouTube feed and you're watching along. LA got massacred as far as their top line and they're making some changes so you don't have to be you know I, I, this is not going to be what they run next game but Kopitar was a minus six Kempe didn't get it done more got you know absolutely cranked Turcotte got some run in there I mean like it was a disaster uh I think that yeah they're, they're shrambling Arvidsson's back I'm fine with fading this game but I do like it. I, like I said, I, I like their, the chance for there to be goals, and the math kind of leads to it anyways. I just don't know where I possibly land. And the reason I kind of show both lines is because LA's and Blender, it's all going to be different, but still very difficult with you know Fiala up on the top line. Can't be, I mean, just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to guess. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they have three lines that are all make some amount of sense. It's, um, and then New Jersey, yeah, on the other hand, it's like the – it's well, more two lines, well, and like I think it's easier to figure out, but man, it's still tough to actually like. That's the one you needed. Yeah, I would argue we should give the people our actual uh, the actual lines for LA. So we are going to have Kempi with Dubois and Laferriere, um, more with the and Arvidsson, and then Byfield, Kopitar, Fiala. So that's. Um, you know, that's how the top nine is going to look, whether Kaliev plays or not, who knows? Uh, we don't know about Brant Clark versus Jordan Spence. You know, all that stuff is still up in the air uh, based on Wednesday's practice. But really what we care about is those top uh, those top lines. So I will sort of reiterate that Kevin Fiala has been kind of disappointing on the year. Um, just he's not really doing the rate shooting and he's not even a point of game player. So like, you know, what are you getting from Kevin Fiala? Like, I'm honestly not sure. Um, so he doesn't really feel like a great DFS play here. Maybe this is what he needs to snap out of it. But I honestly don't think getting him, you know, away from Moore and Dano, who've been playing really well, to Kopitar, who, you know, he's still good, but I don't think he's all that special anymore. Um, I don't really think that's an improvement for him. So I kind of like this Dubois, Laferri, or Kempi line. Um, Laferriere's just been doing it time and again. Um, the, the one problem is, is that he seems like the obvious candidate to lose power play work, uh, to Arvidsson. Um, but they've said that they like having a right-handed shot on, on a power play. So, uh, Arvidsson theoretically could slot into the top unit, um, maybe in place of 
Byfield, maybe in place of Fiala. Who knows? Um, and then leave Laferriere on the second unit as the right-handed shot there. So um, who knows well, what all that coach speak means. But I do think there's a pretty good uh, case to be made for taking the third line in L.A. in you know, what should be a matchup with New Jersey's bottom six, which absolutely sucks. I mean, we know that dudes like, uh, you know, Justin Dowling and, you know, Nathan Bastion, like these aren't dudes we're really afraid of. Um, Curtis Lazar. So, um, you know, I can see things pointing me in the direction of just chasing Kempe with his cheap line mates, betting on Dubois, um, basically sort of bouncing back to what we know he is. Um, and saving some money for elsewhere on the slate. So that's my main yeah, lean at the moment. Like, uh, I think that's the right go ahead. the right take on this game. No, I just I totally agree because everybody I think is going to say, "Oh, Fiala on the top line, like let's go." And oh, Kempi is the me. driver. That's my screen. That's fine. Um, do you want to oh, show your screen? Yep. Okay. So um, just uh, to sort of put yeah. some backing to that, here's the Ferrier showing up on the points per dollar. Um, which you know we like to we like to see points per dollar plays uh, getting it done for the the prices that they are on the slate. So anyway, yeah, we can keep moving. I mean, we got a lot of games to get to, but I definitely yes. I think that's probably the right take because everybody in any optimizer in anything it's going to move Kenbe uh, you know to the next stratosphere, and it's like is that really their third line? In my opinion, they'll probably run the line that's working best a little bit more than others. And you look at the last game. I already showed it. They really didn't play the fourth line at all. They played like 10 forwards and, and two guys are, yeah, two guys just sat on the bench. So I'm not worried about ice time for a third line. Like they're going to get just as much run as everyone else. And Kopitar, in my opinion, is the guy dropping off. So I like it a lot, actually. It kind of, I think, changed my mind on the game where it's like, you can't really figure it out. Well, just play play yeah. the best player in the game with know that no one's playing. Well, not Jack Hughes. Okay, you're right. I mean, not even really yeah. all that close. Yeah, and uh, Grunstrom, LA, uh, yeah. Grunstrom legit got hurt last game. So, like, that's why the yeah. Lions got screwed. I, like, when you look at New Jersey, and New Jersey's intentionally saying, hey, you guys live on the bench. Like, Alex Holtz, uh, was it was it Clark? Like, you guys are not playing. <laughs> uh, they played six Holtz minutes, for Cali. Yeah, no one for one hey uh jesus yeah that, that would actually be pretty sick um anyway so you know there is a case to be made for new jersey side of course um aula has been pretty good uh surprisingly obviously jack hughes is back and he's you know about in jack hughes form what you would imagine from him um but yeah there's a lot of new jersey on this uh expected fantasy point stuff as well so I think I'm selling myself on this game a bit more than I am on the uh, the counterpoints to it. So, like, yeah, I think yes, yeah. So far, we've. I mean, again, we're on the third game, and I like this game a lot more than anything else. And uh, we could, yeah, we can yeah. move on to another game that I right. again, as I kicked it off, this is one of the highest totals as well. The Anaheim Ducks at the Ottawa Senators. So why don't we get over there, and you know, we'll just go over Anaheim for a minute. I mean, I. For good reason, you know, and again, it's like, what is your biggest advantage when you play DFS? You know, there's only so many things and tools and, and ideas that you can actually use. And last late, to be completely honest, you know, I know it didn't work out at all, but Anaheim was an edge because the, the daily uh, the daily face-off and all that stuff did not have them even close to correct, meaning that most optimizers, I assume, were not feeding in the right information. And we were getting McTavish yep. for Toronto Terry. 
I still believe coming in at very, very, very low ownership in what was a great spot. And it just absolutely fell on its face. So, you know, I know it's funny and we joke in the discord and you roasted yourself a little bit, but it wasn't the wrong play. And is this an opportunity to go back to it when now absolutely no one's going to play it anyways? Um, it didn't correlate on the power play. Vitrano was on the other unit um, away from McTavish and Terry with Minchikov. Uh, but again, just kind of pointing all that out. Um, what are your thoughts here on it now? Yeah, I'm so one. Um, I, I'm guessing we don't run into the same Ottawa situation again. Um, even if Zub doesn't play, you know, he's a game time decision, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think they will be able to use an emergency call up who doesn't count against the cap. Um, because they played a man short on Tuesday. Um, but that was another clear edge, I thought. You know, I played Chabot, Chikorin, and Hamanick because it's very, very rare. We get situations where you get players who are locked into what I thought was 20 plus minutes of ice time. Um, now, Hamanick just simply didn't do that because apparently Eric Branstrom is their new defensive wizard, which, you know, news to me. Um, but he got paid off with the empty net goal and played 23 minutes. And obviously Chabot, you know, Chikorin, they played uh, north of 20, yeah, 28, 25. Um, so just very clearly a spot where, you know, I thought, yeah, there's locked in minutes. There's no, uh, like these are not being projected because, you know, their projections are probably 15% light on time on ice and, uh, you know, any goals that Ottawa scored would come from the fenceman, right? I mean, sometimes you touch the puck. Now, in this case, that did not happen. Um, but keep an eye on that situation, because if that happens again, they're at home against Anaheim. Uh, clearly, they could put up another, you know, five, six goals, and they might be able to uh, actually get some D points in this game. And, you know, we know where that would come from. Their prices are still, you know, relatively inexpensive, given the double bonus plus point uh, that I believe that Chabot and Chikrin both have. Um, so, you know, again, don't think it'll happen. Keep an eye on it. If everything's normal in this game, I think I'm out. Like, you know, Brady Kachuk, pretty good. But <laughs> are people going to chase lastly against Anaheim, who got absolutely nuked by Montreal? I would guess so. And on a 12-game slate, I just don't really feel good about, you know, going all in on an Ottawa team who hasn't really been all that impressive. You know, you look at their five on five stuff and it's like, yeah, it's fine, but um, certainly not anything I want to play into ownership with so many other fun options on the slate. Yeah. I, I love what you said about the uh, double bonus plus point upside for the defenseman as if we bet that and it worked perfectly. Um, yeah. Ottawa scores six on an expected three. They get, they give up, you know, five expected goals against it in the Columbus side of things. So Again, that it's a one-game sample size, but I think in this scenario, I can convince myself to go to Anaheim at 0% ownership, um, more so than going right back to the Ottawa well. And I'm not sure if I'm saying I'm throwing it away because of Artem Zub, but you know, I, I do think that is a guy that is actually good defensively. So it changes things a little bit. Um, I, I'm getting a little bit bold on this game, though, myself, and uh, I'm considering Anaheim. Uh, I think okay. all this Ottawa stuff is going to run its course, and it's still a bad team. And that's going to show their head. Yeah. It should have against Columbus. Like they definitely did not deserve to win six to three. Probably, you know, closer to like a four four going overtime overtime type game. Ton of pace, ton of offense. It could happen again. And I would rather be on the right side. Um, if I'm going to go, you know, so hopefully, if you're going to go with this game, which I do like, 
uh, but everyone's going to go with the Ottawa side with the minus one ninety yeah. two. And I really don't Poor think Anna. is all that bad. Are you ready? Oh, sorry, what? For Anaheim, I was oh. watching rather closely the usage of Minchikov. Um, it just wasn't there. He only played 16 minutes in his return from injury. So um, while he's on the power play with the fun guys, I, I don't really think 3400 is like a you know standout, can't miss it price. Um, I think he has upside, but I don't necessarily think he has the rate stats uh, to warrant the limited minutes. So um, that's you know something that we've noted, but I'm not really uh, tracking um, here. So let's go on to Montreal versus the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers rolled out some stupid power play units. They went right back to the normal power play, though, after one game, so... Um, I have no clue uh, what they're doing there, but um, I guess they think it worked because they beat Calgary 2-0. So, uh, you know, good job. It served its purpose. Now we're back to the good players doing uh, the good things on the power play. So uh, anything for you on this game? I mean, I'm definitely not playing Montreal. I, you know, I I missed it. I I don't think they're going to go out against the Rangers and, Produce even nearly, uh, you know, at the rate. I mean, the de- uh, that's Devils, Jesus. Sorry, Rangers fans. The Rangers have, have figured it out, I think, largely defensively, and most of their problems have just been goaltending, which is shocking. Um, so, again, if you want to bet on goaltending failing in New York, be my guest. I don't bet that way. I don't play DFS that way. So I'm going to be fading Montreal. Uh, I don't think we need to go over the players. I We've gone over it 100 times that Slavkovsky is basically a must. He absolutely nuked um, with – Caulfield and Suzuki. If you want to play it, be my guest. But again, I'm not going to. Anything on Montreal before we talk about the Rangers? You already kind of touched on it, but yeah, I mean, if you need full on punts, Alex Newhook, I think, has to be in consideration. You know, power play one, uh, his line with Joshua looks pretty good every time I turn them on. Um, And pretty much since he came back from injury, he's been, you know, rather solid. So, um, yeah, just to what the what he's played three games off injury. He has six shot attempts, six shot attempts, five shot attempts. Um, you know, and over a half an expected goal in each of the past two games, and hasn't scored in either one. So, um, you know, maybe maybe it's a spot where you jump on him before he strikes. Um, top power play. You know, again, rather productive at five and five as well. But thirty four hundred. You know, a little way to get a little bit different off of the Slavkovsky. You know, whatever. Um, I think that's fine if you want to do that as a one-off and just sort of say, look, I need a cheap, cheap guys or a cheap pair with Joshua. And uh, that's how I get it done. So that's all I'm looking at though, personally. Yeah. I go getting over to the Rangers. I, I feel like I just continuously and keep coming back and saying, Oh, well, Panarin's probably coming down in price a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he's 9,100 and he's just not quite shooting like he once was. Uh, I get it. You know, I mean, he could definitely re- like he, Played at such a different caliber, not uh, a caliber. He played at such a different style than we were used to, and eventually that you know feels pretty right. That was going to end up going away a bit. Um, I think that my logic brain says go with Abinajed Kreider. Another part of me that just says though, is Panarin really not getting there? If the Rangers are, I think you could find it if you need it. I don't think I'm going there. I think I'm just going to tuck this one away, fade it. The Rangers want to win into nothing okay that's how they want to win okay i'm not going to play it in daily fantasy um but there is at least a piece of me that thinks if if you you know not bullish on the montreal canadians which we're not 
why not maybe take a stab on Panarin when no one's probably going to play him? The rates have come, like I said, I mean, everything I'm leading to is his price should be lower yeah. than it is. So you shouldn't play him probably, right? But I don't think people are going to. Because Cryer yeah, the, the weird guy, thing. Right? It's so easy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Lafreniere is the guy on the Panarin line. Like, you know, yeah. not really sure what to make of it, but, um, you know, he's... He's he's looked awesome all season long, and obviously part of that is the fact that Panarin was playing, and still is honestly playing such a dominant style. Um, but now that the sort of fantasy viability of Panarin is waning, I'm a little bit uh, concerned that there's just not a ton um, that there's not a ton left to like stacking Rangers to, given the pricing. But 4,500 for Lafreniere. Uh, I don't know. I'm struggling a little bit by saying like, oh yeah, like everything's just a one-off, but um, I do feel like that's a pretty good one-off spot. Um, let's yeah. see. He, he feels Wyatt, Wyatt Johnson-like. Uh, Wyatt Johnston. I don't know why I always want to mess yep. that up, but yeah. This is over the last five, if you're looking at this on YouTube. Kreider, 6.8 shot attempts per game. Protrek, 6. Panarin down at 5.8, which is good. I mean, better than normal, probably his career. 30% uh, but... of shots on that. There you go. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, whatever. The numbers have looked much worse than he's actually, you know, the actual have looked worse than they expected. And the, the fantasy points have followed along a bit. And, you know, under 10 actual fantasy points per game over the last five at 9,100. Yikes. Um, sure. Uh, year has been great. You know, I, everything we're saying, I think, is like all relevant. At the end of the day, I don't think I'm clicking the buttons on New York Rangers. And that's my takeaway here. Anything you want to add or just let's move it on? Nope. Finally, um, we get to. Yeah. Colorado Tampa um, where I gave the wonderful intro of saying oh yeah there's some other spots on this slate and everyone's expensive here well guess what we've gone through a bunch of spots um, we have a few options I guess but not really a top I did the same thing again where yep uh, there's there's my sheep um, so yeah we're looking at Colorado Tampa not a ton not a ton to like by the expected goals, but there's a lot to like by the actual goals. We are in the business of liking actual fantasy points rather than expected fantasy points. I cannot believe that we are suckered in by, you know, things like leverage and expected fantasy points. And, you know, sometimes you just got to jam your fist on the table and say, nope, these are the goddamn alphas. Um, and so with that in mind, maybe this is a Kudrov slate. I mean, the dude is unbelievably hot. Like, I've been complaining that his shot attempts are down, but at some point when you are on a absolute God run of putting up double digit fantasy point games, uh, you know, you got to take notice and here comes the McKinnon led avalanche. Uh, they just gave up three to Washington and like, you know, I thought they were allergic to scoring. Now they scored six themselves. So, um, you know, this, this game does have some cannon fodder potential, but it does strike me as one of the spots where Tampa is just going to be, egregiously low um steven stamkos's price remains below seven thousand. um braden point 7100 these are slightly lower than we've been getting them and we're still getting victor hedman you know 30 minute uh performances um you know at 6100 so like we know exactly what's going to happen if tampa scores four if tampa scores five you know um and doesn't seem too far-fetched to be like, yeah, just this is my night. Take take my money. You know, Kucherov going to make his run at the Art Ross. Um, you know, make sure that McKinnon can't beat him and also that McDavid, who's now catching him, can't get him. And I do fundamentally believe that that will be uh, something that Tampa focuses on. 
So like empty net situations, you know, yada, yada. I, I, I do believe that Kudrov will be just in- intricately involved with their offense, um, you know, just by way of force because of this chase that he's currently on. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of narrative-y stuff, but just love Nikita Kudrov. And I feel like it's been a long time since I really went to the table for him. And, you know, he's done nothing in his recent performances to really deserve that. So just uh, here's here's a little bit of love for Nikita Kucherov, uh, one of the goats out there. Sure, yeah, we'll just take a peek at the last game. Just to you know, if you're looking along, um, 30 minutes for Hedman. You were not exaggerating. That that is correct. Um, I, not that I was. I didn't think you were lying. I just wanted to point it out. Um, the run went to the top six. The third line had a couple guys, a couple defensive guys like Glendening get some run, but Kucherov at 24 minutes. I mean, it just doesn't take a rocket scientist to see where this offense should be coming from and it just didn't happen last game um against boston that it's going to happen from time to time where you win a game three to two in a shootout and chernak and hagel score but i totally agree with you i am very very interested in this game overall and i think i do side with going with tampa and it's a similar kind of situation um but when you think about it where on one hand we're saying we know where the offense comes from um i think on the other side of the coin we definitely do as well um, Colorado's changed things around, moved things around a little bit more. I, I definitely am keeping an eye on a guy like our Terry Lekkinen as he gets reacclimated into the lineup um, and he continues to get more and more run. I know he had a really nice assist in that game. I, people were talking about, but I'm not. I'm actually just pulling it up right now. Did I you see how many? The, the, oh, yeah. what? Did you click on Lekkinen? Like, do you know what Lekkinen did lastly? 18 minutes, power play one. Didn't he had? Two goals and an assist. Oh my god, it was all two, line two, wasn't it? He had two goals, two assists, five shots, forty-one DraftKings points. Um on line two. I didn't even realize it was I just saw the assist. He's the setup on the power play, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um it was a really nice little pass. And I didn't even I didn't yeah. know he scored two. I thought I thought someone else did something, but remember <laughs> Ryan Johansson when he was like top power play and now he got freaking oh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, no, I mean want me to just I can just Pull up Colorado last game for the not, not, not worth tens it. of viewers. <laughs> not no. worth it. I can I can summarize pretty quickly what they did. Uh Druin is back on that top line because they're a bunch of stupid donkey fish. And Arturi Lekkinen playing alongside good players and Ross Colton and Miles Wood absolutely smashed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not sure if that's gonna happen again. The important thing to track though is that they were without Logan and O'Connor, who is a very solid middle six winger for them. Um, and so as long as that's the case, you know, Lekkanen, like, yeah, he's not going to be with McKinnon Ranton in at five on five, um, but he's going to be the next guy up. So like, there's really no doubt that like Colton Lekkanen is a fine mini stack. Um, I don't think I'm chasing that here, but I do think a Lekkanen one-off, especially in something like a Kucherov stack makes a lot of sense. Just saying like, yeah, you know, a lot of power plays. Hey, uh, easy way to, uh, get a game script there for you. Um, but I don't think we're interested in guys like Zach Parise or, you know, anything cheaper. So really, you can play Rantanen. He's drifting downward in price, 8,200. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him that low. It's been since, uh, yeah, it's been since December 16th. We've seen him at 8K. Um, so, you know, the 8,200, not that bad. Um, and McKinnon, you know, he's he's also awesome. If I had to pick one, I'm going Kudrov over McKinnon uh, because I just I think like McDavid's just a better play straight up than uh, McKinnon. But you know, ultimately, no problem there. So anything else before we move on? 
Kucherov has 90 points already. Let's move on. Unbelievable. It, it's and, and literally, like, the, like I, I honestly get pretty, like, annoyed listening to everyone just absolutely put him to the side in the heart trophy race. I, whatever. You want to give it to McKinnon, give it to McKinnon. But Nikita Kucherov is every bit of as good of a player. Uh, we can, yeah, let's move on. Philly, Toronto. Uh, uh, you know, this is a, I, I guess, a rumor, whatever you want to call it. Like, there is a player on Toronto with mononucleosis, and immediately after, multiple players are sick. I'm not saying it's mono. I mean, I don't assume these players were, you know, doing anything that normally you get mono from, but they probably share water bottles, coffees, or whatever. And it very simply put, if you have mononucleosis, you will be out for a long period of time, weeks, you know. So, it's Valentine's Day, DJ. Do you mean to imply that they were kissing? I would not do that personally, but I did see that on Twitter and I did chuckle that that they're like it's like all this vague like sickness and it's like I think the one guy just have mono and Timmins and it's like hmm. But no, I mean I, I it probably is literally I mean like I have a cold right now. It could be whatever, right? But you know, just uh, just keep an eye on it. You know, I mean like it might seem like all these guys are gonna be back tomorrow and they might not be. We've seen players miss multiple games sure. after being sick. So that's mm-hmm. Nylander now added to that mix. Nylander, Marner, and Tavares who are doubt, not yeah. doubt, day-to-day uh, with the sickness. So I don't even know if this game is all that worth discussing on the Toronto side. Um, it's already not so. a great matchup. And so, yeah. Uh-huh. Even even if these guys do play, I mean, we saw that, <laughs> like we just saw them against St. Louis, and I thought that they would sort of rely upon their top lines a, a bit more, and they just... I mean, I guess the top line a bit more. And don't Matthew still play 20 minutes? Um, so unless we're getting, you know, uh, like officially ruled out Tavares, Marner, then maybe you can go back to the Domi Bertuzzi well and just say like, look, these are the two guys who will be the direct benefactors. They play together at five on five. There's probably still a bit too cheap um, for, you know, what they bring. But I don't know. I watched that game. Uh, Domi looked fine, but Tyler Bertuzzi just can't, can't score i mean it, you know what the bad sign when it's like the first period of the game and the, the broadcast is running a, a full-on like montage of like here's the guy who can't score a goal and it's like i, I just played that guy in daily fantasy like you know wait, wait, I, I did that um and so that's really my main issue where it's like yeah you're getting some value but like it's philly um yeah, it's the depth of Toronto. Like we know that this is a team that runs to Austin Matthews. If Austin Matthews isn't feeling it, if he's a little sick, if all of his friends are not there, you know, to support him, like, is this really a team we think has a nuclear upside for uh, DFS? I don't know. Um, so it's really TBD defensively. They looked fine. Now it's again, it's, uh, it's St. Louis. So like, you know, that you're not going to generate a ton of expected goals all that often. Um, but, you know, I think we said on Tuesday that I didn't really expect much defensive, like, mishaps or whatever um, from them. And it, they didn't happen. You know, the team's fine without Morgan Riley, I believe. Uh, they have competent defensive players. Like the, like, the entire narrative around the Leafs is so warped in that everyone thinks they're score, score, score. It's like, no, they have a bunch of guys who are really good at scoring and defense. And then everyone else is really good at defense. And it's like, well, you need a goal sometimes from these dudes. And so I just don't think there's any merit to Philly. Um, Owen Tippett's been unbelievably popular. His price hasn't risen. I don't think he'll be popular here. Um, But 
I do think he'll be owned enough to where it's just like, yeah, it's just not worth it. It's still Toronto. It's still a gross matchup. So I'm just not interested. Um, but Sean Couturier, narrative. Okay. Any interest there? Uh, I'll say two things. Number one, if everyone is out for Toronto, I am looking at Nick Robertson and praying that he's on the top power play and I might give him a second look. Um, and Why would two, we assume that? Because I like to make assumptions. Oh, um, oh, I guess. I, I guess. Know, so sorry, you're right. If, if me. Yes, if Nylander's out, sure. I get that. Yep, sorry. That's yeah. bad. I was like, okay, yeah. we know that last game it okay. was Domi to our Bertuzzi. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Domi, Bertuzzi, McCabe. I guess we should have just said it. Matthews and Nylander last game. But again, if Nylander comes out, I think it'd be Nick Robertson that steps in. Or maybe it's McMahon because he had a hat trick. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, yeah, Philly side. I mean, it's a bad matchup. And it, I agree. I, honestly, I, I think you already summed it up perfectly. The price is fine, but I think it's going to be more popular than it should be based on Morgan Riley, who is a great player. But I don't think that is like like removing Morgan Riley is not making this team, you know, like what percentage worse in a one game sample size? Like you factor in all that garbage, you know, try to use all the math um, that I'm not going to really even attempt. And I think at the end of the day, you're left with Toronto still a really good team. And, you know, this is not a great spot for Philly. So I'll let other people make that that change if they'd like to. Um, Philly is cheap enough to consider. Jamie Drysdale was on the top power play. He scored. He had 17 minutes. Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I don't play defense for lap with Philly anymore. Yeah. Um, if they go confirm 12 and 6, then you can consider it. But. I'm not uh I'm not really interested in in any case um you know without like just saying oh well it's fine it's like a you know one off or uh whatever. So um one interesting note is that the Brody Liljegren pairing played primarily with Austin Matthews uh last game. You know, that's obviously Morgan Riley's role. Um Liljegren does get secondary power play time. Uh, obviously Jake McCabe got the top unit run. Um he sucks and he's now 4100 and put up a goose egg in 21 minutes. I don't know. The power play just isn't worth it to me to play Jake McCabe. Um, but if you need a another punt, you know, I, I think Wilshire again, 3,500 is okay. Um, he's a good player. And, um, you know, he'll be on the ice more with Austin Matthews, which is, you know, if, if last game is anything to base it on as we try to react to the Morgan Riley suspension. All right, Dallas, Nashville. Um yeah, Robertson, Pavelski, hints, Harley, Heiskanen. Yep. Just I'm just gonna fall asleep muttering those words, and either I'll play it and they will do nothing, or I won't play it and that five man unit will nuke. So, um, DJ, any thoughts on this matchup? You're you're looking at my first top stack of the night. I'm gonna spoil the surprise right now. That's my screen again. You really don't get it. I I really do plan on playing Dallas, and I do again. Like the the you already told us that these numbers. Well, grain of salt here. Um, Nashville got cranked by the Devils uh, as far as giving up uh, f- fantasy output last game, and it sh- could have been a lot worse than it was. But a, I think that Nashville is just not very good defensively um, up and down this roster, and b, I think that this Dallas team is just as good, if not better, than. I mean, not they don't have a Jack Hughes, but I think Jason Robertson at 6K is just a you know still continues to be an incredibly good price to jump on. So I think I'm in on it, just going J Rob um, with one or both defensemen and probably hints. 
I could consider Pavelski as well, though. I mean, I'm not going to talk myself off of it on that top line. I know I'm bitter about it, but he's a great play. And at the at, in that mix, I think he's a totally justified play. If you're going to go all five, uh, of course, I throw him in because that's how you get to five. Um, if you're only going to go with like three for whatever reason, do I like him more than Hints? I don't know. Um, but you can definitely play around with that build and those five guys. And, and that's what I'm going to be doing. That's my starting block for the slate. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no qualms with, with that. Um, I've wanted to jump on this. I mean, these, these guys are just too cheap for what they bring to the table as far as upside. Um, yeah, the Joe Pavelski stuff is interesting because he's always sort of hacks the expected fantasy points because he has these tips that are, you know, from two feet away and they're, you know, they're, they're judged as very high expected goal things. They are a matter of execution, though. Like, I don't think there's anything lucky to the goals that, like, Pavelski and Reinhardt get. Um, so I tend to be more apt to chase points with guys like that just because, like, um, the idea is, is not even necessarily them executing, but their teammates setting them up to execute. Um, and so the last couple games, we haven't really seen those high expected goal opportunities from Pavelski. I don't know if that means anything, but he's back on that top line. Um, I'm not over the moon to play these guys on the road, I guess is my point. Um, you know, a little bit burned last slate, maybe. Um, but if any, if, if I were choosing things and we don't get Ottawa news, for instance, I might go back to the Miro and Harley, just stack those two guys. Well, um, because again, I say it every time, but, um, as long as they're playing together, they unlock the game in a way that's just different. I think than most D pairings in the NHL, um, and they're not priced at like guys where Thomas Harley's literally tied for the league lead among D goals. I believe, um, maybe that changed with Bouchard. Um, but like he is unbelievably gifted these guys are sub 6k for some reason and you know harley put up six blocks the other like last game like it's just you're getting it done in every single facet of of hockey um and so why not correlate those guys when you know they're going to get all the opportunity as well so i don't know that's what i would do but i totally get top line i'm not interested in the second line or third line or whatever just just play the main guys and move on um any interest in dallas here because Cody Glass Nashville. looked pretty good last Nashville. game. Uh, sorry, yes, Nashville. Um, I mean, I could, yeah. I mean, there's always some bubble of interest, but uh, it's, I think it's just too expensive, honestly. Like against Dallas, but yeah. Well, the the yeah. the thought is is that Cody Glass and Tyson Berry open up a lot of room for Forsberg yeah. and Yossi if you need it. That that's kind of the the rub, I think. Yeah, I mean, Cody Glass was in my uh lineup on Tuesday. He was my highest score by a substantial margin. So I do have to thank him for allowing me to lose by 65 instead of 85. Um yeah, I get it. I I, I definitely can see, especially in a Dallas one, if you want to get a, another topish, you know, mid to upper tier stack, not anything absurd, you go with some value on Nashville thinking that opens up Dallas one to the absolute nuking that you need. I could talk myself into it for yeah. sure. Okay. I mean, Barry's getting think, run. It's not like he's come in and not gotten 20 minutes. So there's plays here. I, I definitely see where you're going, maybe. Um, you're, you're obviously not affording Dallas 1, Yossi, and Forsberg. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So Tyson Barry makes the expected fantasy points list toward the top. Uh, I believe he's fundamentally very good. I think he does everything we want from a DFS defenseman. He's in the perfect role. 
So, yep, I absolutely love that play. And also Cody Glass is now up here. He's coming off of a uh, two two assists, five shot on goal game. So, like, you know, just uh, top power play. You know, it's exactly what I think you want to see. But keep an eye out because they did end up losing and, you know, they could change things coming off a loss. So uh, that's the one thing to be wary of. Um, and even mid-game changes, if things start slowly, um, that that could be dangerous. All right, let's go to Edmonton, St. Louis. Um yeah, I mean, we know Edmonton is McDavid. So, um, yeah, yeah, McDavid. Uh, they changed their lines midway through the third, though, last game, right? I mean, McDavid assisted on an Evander Kane goal. I don't really yeah, know what was, was going on, honestly. I think Kane and RNH flipped, and then Holloway and RNH flipped again. I would just keep an eye on it. On, I mean, whatever. I mean, the bottom six is is gone to the you know completely out of our or there's two lions that is probably the top one uh yeah i don't know if you're gonna play mcdavid you're gonna play mcdavid with his line mates their beat reporters have actually been somewhat on that Just keep an eye on it nope. morning skate sorry um, i i uh i misspoke it was it was rnh mcdavid hyman still and then uh yeah i thought so bogle got demoted to the fourth line perry got demoted to the third line Gagne up to the third and holloway up to the second so um dylan holloway come on down let's Can try I it again it'll work this time um He's yeah so no I, okay yeah and they're gonna play him they're gonna play him with so many minutes i can't wait to watch it they're <laughs> yep, gonna the like he just hit the peak at 13.3 like gotta be one of his highest on the entire seasons uh no 15 a 15 one game and every other game he has like nine so if you want to do it to yourself it's minimum salary you can do it to yourself he's a really good player he might be playing with leon dry title for the first five shifts of the game enjoy that enjoy those five shifts it's going to be a great time you're going to be like i win and then he's going to go right to the back of the bench and sit there for no reason whatsoever um yeah, this game is really already summarized, though. I, if you're playing the St. Louis Blues, I think you've lost the plot. It's a terrific matchup. Your sheet's on the, the thing right now. This Edmonton team is just not one I'm targeting as well. If there was a good reason to target them, I might consider it, but paying almost 7K for Cairo, 6,200 Thomas, 6,200 Bruce you're just not going to catch me. I mean, I, I like the Flyers a little bit more. I already said they're not my, my favorite, but you're – literally paying Dallas one prices for the St. Louis team Uh, and actually Um, more. No, thank you. Yeah. I I would caution um, something that I always like to look at a little bit is you look at Edmonton's defense and somehow over the last 10, they're allowing a slightly above average expected goals, but they're suppressing shot attempts to an insane degree. Um, They are the best defensive team at suppressing shot attempts on this slate, despite having like, I don't know, bottom of the pack. Um, expected goal because, against yeah. numbers which just but Stuart Skinner is fixed and that's what's happening right I'm, yeah I'm, that, that's even, that's true that's and what it's the also, media wants you to think okay sorry. yeah and it's also like maybe that's the perfect spot for the St. Louis team where you know again that those numbers do not incorporate the fact that St. Louis is an all quality no quantity team maybe there's a little bit of like you know the the circle fits in the circle hole where the um where this you know these guys find those soft areas that the that the Oilers are letting open and maybe they managed to beat the Skinner wall. So I would, all right. I would very lightly consider St. Louis one um, at what I expect to be no ownership. So, yeah. All right. If I'm going to play a, a, a bad team in a bad matchup with no ownership, I'm playing Anaheim. Okay. Okay. We move right. over to 
Pittsburgh and Chicago. You uh, I don't know if there's anything else. You're good. I mean, Evan no, Bouchard, well, Pittsburgh. by the way. Bouchard's good. Okay, now let's move over. Pittsburgh and Chicago. Yes. Uh, will Pittsburgh ever score a goal again, DJ? Not the top line. Jesus. Um, it's really falling apart quick, and the media is turning on them. Um, it's like trade Jake Gensel time. Well, this feels hurt. like an absolute. He, Did it... he got hurt late in the game while we were recording, mm-hmm. and I was actually going to check for an update just to see if that was anything or not because he played 19 minutes, but I, I almost positive I read. He is season. being evaluated right now for an upper body injury. That's all I have for you. So, yep. Okay, that does not sound good. Um, um, yeah, it doesn't sound good. Agreed. Bump so, to I mean, keep... Ricard Raquel. I gotta think. be, yeah. Gotta maybe be. maybe Riley Smith. Yeah, uh, on your, like, you're, again, we're going to have to wait, obviously, on this team yeah. um, to know what's going to happen with all that. Uh, the first, uh, I mean, you know, they just got pumped five to two, but again, I, I the, the score, Jari was really, really bad. Uh, the power yep. play one was uh, Latang, Riley Smith, Rust, Gensel, Crosby. So if Riley Smith does move up to that top line, that's got to be the cheap play of the night i guarantee it won't get completely overlooked but it might get overlooked more than it, it should. might well yeah here's the thing they're on a back-to-back we might yeah. not get this news until eight o'clock like that's the real that the real thing to to, to keep right to keep in mind so i mean Riley smith um, is in play before that in my opinion too like he's playing with malkin and boy it's not like I he's playing with right. legitimately nobody so yeah. i think you could put him in and if things change in your favor um if you could find a way to, I mean, there's still a couple of teams worth looking at later on this late. Yeah. Maybe you just play Pittsburgh one and keep enough for Raquel. And then if it's Riley Smith, you can upgrade. I don't know. Build however you freaking want, you know, but just again, I'd keep it in mind for sure. If Gensel misses, like there's going to be a very, very nice spot and they're right. They probably won't practice. So we might not know. Yeah. They definitely won't have a skate or anything. So, um, It'll be a matter of whether whether we get that news from the coach at like 6.30 or so. Um, so yeah, that'll be something that uh, future me will have to listen to and make sure you're in the Discord because uh, we will uh, update you there if we get any news once we get it. Um, yeah, Chicago, uh, Nick Foligno train keeps on rolling. Um, he does look good. You know, I, I just, I do want to say I watched a, uh, some of that game um, and I just kept being like, who was that? And I was like, Nick Foligno? Like he actually does <laughs> Like, I'm like, why does he? Yeah. Is it just the team's so bad around him? He looks good. I mean, I they got so. ranked by Vancouver, but Nick Foligno yeah. looked legitimately decent at hockey, and I was like, maybe. And they were right. You know, he's he's gonna play 20 minutes. He's gonna be 3600. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Riley Smith is probably a better play, but if you told me, hey, I'm gonna play Nick Foligno over Riley Smith, I'm not like I'm not trying to talk you off of it. Is how I is how I feel about it. So, so you're a yeah. bad friend. Okay. Um, no, or a about, good friend. Or a good friend. Uh, if you're punting defensemen and you're looking at 3,300, is Alex Vlasic making the mix at all? Or are there just so many other options that that, that, that could be a bit foolish? Um, I, we already mentioned a few, but he was top power play. He did get a ton of runs. Run. Sorry. Did, um, did you just ask me about Alex should... Vlasic on a 12-game slate? Are my headphones broken or, or what? I'm just saying the name, all right? People are going to wonder. Okay, yeah, it's a bad play. All right, there's Jake McKay, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm sorry, okay? Just No, 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 no. You look at Chicago. There's Tyson Berry. There is Tyson Berry, uh, DJ. Come on. 
Come on, yeah. step up. I'm just saying, like, he exists on the slate, and if you sorted by like time on ice or something, I don't know what you're looking at. He's gonna show up. You're like, what's up with him? Uh, yeah, he's worse than all the other guys at the same price. That's the correct answer. Thank you. That was actually the quiz, and you passed. Thank you. Good answer, okay. Matt. That was a quiz. Right. Two more games to round out this marathon. Uh, San Jose, Calgary. Um, you know, San Jose. <laughs> they, they lost one nothing. Um, like that's a start, right? Um, nope, I got logged out of hockey viz, so I can't look it. But I'm gonna guess it was very ugly. Um, I saw I, I posted like forty it. saves. I, okay. Can you see my? Uh, work? Oh my god! It's <laughs> so it's so tall. It's a four point uh, six expected goals for Winnipeg. They had three hit posts. One of them, of course, was a Morrissey shot that got tipped and then hit the post. Um, and they only have one point four expected. Yeah. I mean, they got absolutely shellacked. It ended up being, I think, thirty nine so, shots on goal. One fell off of that forty marker, but yeah, they got smacked. Yep. And the problem is, is that San Jose was not good to start with, and now they're without hurdle and couture again um and we there's there is no guarantee that those guys are back this season um well, they, so. got, they got mario ferraro and grandlin back so <laughs> the season is saved um uh, but yeah they're fine uh, clearly clearly that didn't help they're going into calgary on a back-to-back um i don't know god like are we really gonna Wall, are we gonna walk face first into like 25% owned Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko, Huberto? Because yes. Kuzmenko's price has not moved. And um yeah, I know. I I mean again that that's uh my problem with my build right now is that, that I want to play Calgary and Dallas, and I think that is just chalky enough that I might not get there. Um, but yeah, that that you're you I found the answer. And the only thing I'll say is no. I do do think that there's a, a couple options on Calgary to consider. Yeah, honestly, DJ, if you're trying to stack two teams and one of them's Dallas, ownership's fine. Don't worry about it. I will tell you. Yeah, that for free. I don't think it's really uh, crazy, I, but, but yeah, this slate is 12 games. Like, I, I yeah. don't think like because you got the D goalie. You know, get different with like you're you're fine. Yeah. In all honesty, um, okay, so yeah. I think if I'm doing anything in this game, I'm playing something. I don't know if it's off the wall, but like Backland, Coleman, Manjapani, because um, some, I trust me when I was coming in with like, okay, well this, these Calgary guys are like, maybe not the worst players ever. I didn't think the field was going to be like, actually, yeah, 25% on this guy, 20% on that guy. I just, I didn't think the field had it in them to be this stupid. So like I'm right back on the the train of like there's no floor here, um, there's no guarantee of minutes here. I mean Nazem Kadri and Zari have looked really good. Obviously the back of the line is now like their top line. If this line gets any sort of ownership, like you cannot play it. Like and you know this is going to be the the Montreal thing where I'm looking and like wow how did I lose? Oh yeah, 28% owned Kuzmenko scored a hat trick. Fine, whatever, I'll lose. Um, but I do think that Coleman at 5,800 is going to keep people away. And he's, I think, the best play on this in, on this team right now. Um, Manjapani is cheap enough to offset that cost. He's been awesome as of late, getting tons of shots on goal, tons of ice time. I think he's one of the main benefactors from no Lindholm. And uh, Michael Backlund is 
you know, he's there, but he's going to be involved if that line smashes. You know, this isn't a spot where, oh, well, they all get it done on the power play. Like, no, this is going to be a five-on-five thing. Um, and, yeah, I think that that line could all shot bonus easily. Um, you have D-men D to work in if you want to. Like, you know, it, it's not great. But if this team scores five goals, that's where I want to go on Calgary. Well, first and foremost, I respect your bravery. Um, I love the everything you said, uh, other than the fact that it's, you picked the wrong line. It's the Kadri Zari. And oh, okay. I, I mean, I will allow you to waver on defense. I mean, I just continue to want to play Noah Hannafin with the run uh, and the top power play role. I could be convinced to go with Uyghur or um, Rasmus Anderson or even fade them all, being just say, like, I'm playing Heiskanen and Harley, like I, I kind of mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm going with the Kadri well on this one. I get that you might want to play fancy, you know, worse Trevor Moore at, at a, I think a higher price or slightly lower price. I think it's about the same for Blake Coleman. That, that's fun. But I think myself, I'm going to go with the player that's actually good in Nazem Kadri, the player that is, you know, I think their best offensive driver. Um, and I think Zari is actually coming on 18 minutes. He was out there for like all the five on five run finally with Kadri. Power to play too, but that's with Blake Coleman. So he's already got an assist locked up. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the rates are bad, but 3,200 for Connor Zari, I think he's every bit a, a worthy of a higher price as the minutes and run go up. And I think if you're betting on Kadri, it's kind of a condition. So it might only be a two-man. And the Paul Spasil is 2,600. He's on that line as well, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to play Martin Paul Spasil personally. I tried it once. You don't want to do that. Um, yeah, all right. So yeah, clear Calgary chalk spot. No, no qualms there. And it'll be the, big it, bad. And it'll be the Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko, Huberdo line. I mean, all power play one correlated, a hundred percent. So just you know, keep it. It's not a bad play. We're just saying it's ultra chalk. Um, and we can move over to the final Detroit Vancouver. I kind of myself am throwing this game directly into the dumpster can. Uh, I don't know if you're sharing that sentiment or not. Vancouver, yeah. this team just doesn't really do it for me, but these teams are finding ways to score, and the total is six and a half minus 130. So, I yeah, here's don't like it, but yeah. Here's the good news uh, Niels Hoaglander scored in his third straight game and is playing alongside good players like Elias Lindholm and Elias Pedersen. Uh, Lindholm made I that guess... all happen. It was beautiful. And, um, you know what bad news? It's his third straight game of playing 10 minutes. I mean, just criminal. Like, Pocket should be it's, fired into the sun. Um, it's just the same shit. Different team. And so, yeah. Three-way um, trade. Olander, <laughs> Kaliev, and Holtz. Everyone oh, gets shit. to pick which player they want. And everyone right. gets to say that they have to play them at least 14 minutes a night. You know what? Let's make it four. Wallstrom, welcome into the trade. You're coming out of the island, finally. I mean, <sighs> it, it really is unbelievable. Like, five shots in 10 minutes. I have no idea what they could. Like, I watched the majority of that game. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Like, I want Tuckett to tell me. Next time I see him, I'm going to ask him. Like, what Please did do. you see that made you keep Hoglander on the bench? I mean, is it just they get the lead and they're like, man, you have the wild play deep. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't it's, about it's, fantasy. they get the lead and it's like, well, um, I mean, we need to play Ilya Mikheyev more because, you know, he's going to kill the game off. Like, you know, uh, it's I just I don't get it. I'll never get it. Like why not I just, just keep scoring I just, goals? I, 
I just hate this team. Like Vancouver just they just suck and they keep winning. Like it, it just mm, God. Mm, you know, you you know, you know what I mean? All right. I, I like um, teams that suck and keep losing myself. That's more of other way. Yeah, we're, more my... yeah, we're Sabres fans. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, suck and lose. Don't suck and yeah, it's all about it's all about the draft. It's not about the playoffs. You want to talk about teams that suck and keep winning? No, <laughs> You're let's let's do top stacks. Um, <laughs> I think it's even funnier to just not talk about them at all. That's a good point. <laughs> Patrick Kane's back, right? They yeah, exist. Right. Okay, we're good. Remember when they somehow scored three goals on Edmonton and got actually clowned anyway? That was fun. Did they get four? Yeah, they got four. You said three. <laughs> I did not know they had four. They had yeah, four. Or at the end, too. Yeah, it was, oh, my God. Whatever. Detroit is a team. Their top power play was Cider, Sprong. Oh, wait. Nope. That's the second power play, I guess. It scored twice because Dylan Sprong's out. Daniel? Daniel Sprong is out there. Daniel Sprong. All Cider, the hits. All right. Brinkett, and the second unit has Larkin on it. Okay. We're good. The team's Great. just a joke. Top stacks. I already said them. Um, Kadri. Zari, Hannafin, maybe, maybe not. And then Dallas, I might end up taking that one spot and doing the full Pavelski, Robertson, hints with Harley and or Heiskanen. So okay. that's kind of... Sorry, what, what was I'm, what was no. the first one? I was busy uh, thinking. Padre, Zari. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go back to the LA third line. Um, I mean, Kempe is going to bounce bounce out of whatever the hell is going on with him um he's shooting a ton still i i will not quit on pierre luc dubois i think he's legitimately a good i think he's the exact sort of dfs player that we want a guy who goes to the net a guy who shoots a guy who can pass really well and i don't think the role is going to disappear for him either i mean this line has the capability of being one of their go-to offensive lines with the no being the shutdown line. So, um, you know, I like that line in any sort of game environment. I'm keeping a close eye to see if we get power play news. If if Leferrier's off the second power play, then I'm a bit less interested. Um, But I do think we're getting three power play guys. They're all too cheap for for my, in my opinion, and they're in a sneaky good matchup here um, with the bottom six of the Devils. So um, that would be my first stack and my second one. We're pounding our fists on the table for Nikita Kucherov. It's your time, kid. Go get that Art Ross trophy. We're all rooting for you. Guaranteed goals. Here at the Morning Skate Podcast, we support. Do you want to? Do you want to start and take Blake Coleman? Because I feel like I kind of left that for you if you wanted it, and I wanted to mention it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to get going until I let you have a chance. I don't think it's wrong. I'll say that. Um, I just wanted to know if you actually wanted to to do it. I, I had not looked at the board yet, and um, I'm scared and how right you are that that is just the absolute stones. So let's do that. Blake Coleman, guaranteed goal here. Just, I mean, just what a stupid slate. Yeah, yeah, it's miserable. Um, I I am going to go with Riley Smith regardless. Um, I mean, he's on that top power play. He's playing with Malkin. He's playing against Chicago. So I'm going to start pretty cheap myself with a 3,700 uh, guy that again I've always kind of believed in as an asset, and I could change my mind to Raquel. I bet they're the same price. So if we get word that you know, if we get word before that game, um, I could I could switch, but I'll just go thirty seven hundred or now. Um, and I have fifty two hundred left. 
So um, I will go. Um, I'll go with uh, Lafreniere, forty-five hundred uh, guaranteed goal. Okay, um, I'm between a couple guys, so I think I might just roll. Yeah, I think I'm one hundred. I'm either. I was thinking Tage Thompson, honestly. Is that crazy? I think so, but hey, uh, you're a crazy man. I was thinking either Tage or Kreider. I'm 100 off. No, wait, am I off on Kreider? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I could just do Kreider. I'll just do okay. Kreider. Why can't I find him? Am I blind? What is 7K. Yeah, 7K. Okay, yeah, I'll do I'll do Kreider. I'll do Kreider. Okay. Kreider. I'll All do right. that. That's better. Kreider and uh, Riley Smith for me. Oh, I didn't write these down. Thank you guys again. I'll remember mine. Coleman and Lafreniere. I like that. Oh, wait. Then I just took it. Uh, we both took. Oh, from team. the same team. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. I'm back to Tage. Okay. Tage um, and the other guy that I said, Riley Smith. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so thank you all for tuning in this was a 12 game slate so you know an hour 20 it's whatever um but you can find us on twitter at money skate pod i am at fake moods uh dj's at dj Otis mitchell 94 um if you're in the betting stuff dj's posting that stuff all the time um and if you're on tiktok please check us out uh, i am at dfs moods i post this clip on tiktok to try and get traction um you know i've, I've noticed that my audience is slowly drifting toward the male uh segment you know it's like you know, all female, and then it's like mostly female, and now it's getting into more than 50% male, so uh, you know, the algorithm's working, and pretty soon we will be the biggest DFS hockey uh, TikTok account, which I'm sure it's a loaded market, so DJ, any thoughts before we go? Yeah, a lot of awards uh, that, you know, we probably just got to get in on for the number one NHL daily fantasy TikTok account. Um, No, just will be I like I said I won't be around for Saturday much at all. I'll try to post something quickly in the morning. Um, but go Bonnie's and uh, that's really all I got to say. Sabers suck. Okay. Anything you want to say? Any uplifting notes? Um, hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. Um, you know that's I know I know we've got a lot of people who grind who grind twenty four seven. You know hockey and whatever gambling they can do. Hopefully you got out and enjoyed uh, something today or this weekend or last weekend or whatever. If you are, you know, so lucky to have someone who deals with you through this awful awful slog that we call um, gambling on hockey. It's so, it's a miracle, but yeah, I did actually. Weirdly enough, yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy, right? Um, so with that positive uplifting note let's close out the show thank you all for listening from doug from dj from myself have a good slate everybody and we will see